0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 92, and today we're going to study Revelation chapter 10. And in Revelation chapter 10, It's what almost every commentator calls the interlude between the sixth and the seventh trumpets. Um, I just don't like the word interlude a whole lot, and I'll be explaining a little bit why, but I liked dramatic pause. In other words, in Revelation 9, we saw the sixth trumpet judgment. It was blown, it, it occurs, And then there's this dramatic pause in Revelation 10. And then when we go to the next chapter, Revelation 11, we were going to see the seventh trumpet. But I need to back up a little bit because in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1, St. John says this, "'Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven.'" And by this, he is saying his perspective is as a person on earth seeing this mighty angel coming down from heaven to earth. So John is back on earth. In Revelation chapter 4, we saw this. After this, I looked, and lo in heaven, an open door, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up hither. Now, those who believe in the rapture at any moment theory have a difficult time when they come to the book of Revelation since nowhere in the book of Revelation is the rapture mentioned. It's only mentioned as they know it in 1 Thessalonians. So what is often asserted is that Revelation 4-1 is talking about the rapture, after this, they make great hay off of the two Greek words, mata, tauta, just after this or after these things, and basically says what things. Well, the previous chapters to Revelation 4 were about the seven churches. So after the churches, they assume are raptured, they're taken up to heaven when the voice like a trumpet says, come up hither. The only problem is, is the verb is a second person singular, you singular John, come up hither, not the whole church. So that violates Greek grammar, number one. And number two, um, it it the saying meta tauta or after this and just concentrating on those two words is is really not proper because the phrase is involving three words. After this I looked. Now I realize that's four words in English, but in Greek, I looked as one word. And basically, all this is saying change of scenes. In the modern world, if you've ever been to a movie, if you watch a TV show, you know what a change of scene is. Well, this is what's going on in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. After this, I looked. After this, I saw a different scene. And if you go through the book of Revelation in chapter 7, guess what? After this, I saw. It's the same thing, a change of scene. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 1. Go a little further, Revelation 7 and verse 9. After this, I looked. Same words. So are there three raptures in the book of Revelation? Four, one, seven, one, and 7, 9? No, these are simply change of scenes. So when you get to Revelation 10 and verse 1, John's now back on earth seeing the angel coming from heaven back to earth. Is this a reverse rapture? No, it's simply a change of scenes and perspectives. So, enough of that. Chapter 10, as I mentioned, is described as an interlude between the sixth and the seventh trumpet. Uh, Personally, When I hear the word interlude, I think of something of no significance. It's kind of like you're back in the old days, you'd see a really long movie and it was time to go out and get a Coke and popcorn. It's when nothing happens. No, no. What goes on in Revelation 10 isn't a time of no significance because Revelation 10 is survival time. Hell is about to be unleashed on earth, and the chapter's just ahead of us. And Revelation 10 is equipping time. It's equipping with a vision to equip the faithful to withstand the onslaught of the Antichrist and the false prophet. I'll read a few verses from Revelation 10. And I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun, his legs like pillars of fire. There's quite a bit of uh, difference among commentators as far as what's going, who is this person? Is it Jesus? Some feel it's perhaps Gabriel, like the Navarre Bible makes a good case for Gabriel, or perhaps St. Michael, the archangel. I kind of not kind of, I do come down on the side of this is a description of Christ, um, particularly when you see the glory cloud, the rainbow over his head, his face like the sun. He's already been described like this just in the book of Revelation. Now, if someone would differ and say, no, I think it's maybe Gabriel or Michael, well, because they would be Christ-like figures. So in any case, it's supposed to be a dramatic, very imposing figure. And it says in verse 2, he had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring, and when he called out, the seven thunders sounded. Now, if you were Jewish and you really knew your Old Testament, you would know this refers to Yahweh, his thundering seven times in Psalm 29. It would be a reference to God speaking. And what is going on here is that three times something highly significant is mentioned. I already mentioned the first time. It says in verse two, he set his foot on the sea, his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land. Hmm, let's go on. Verse 5, and the angel who I saw standing on the sea and land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, and the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it that there should be no more delay, but in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God is going to be fulfilled. That's the next chapter of Revelation. But in verse two, it mentions his right foot on the sea, his left foot on the land. It's repeated that I just read to you in verse five. And then a third time it's mentioned, then the voice, verse eight which I had heard from heaven spoke to me, saying, Go, take the scroll which is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. What's the deal here? What's the big deal that three times in this very short chapter we're seeing this great imposing Christ figure, and if you differ with me, Christ-like figure, but his right foot on the sea, his left foot on the land, and then a declaration that, he made it all. Well, there's an Old Testament background for this, and it comes out of the book of Joshua chapter 10. Jo- Joshua chapter 10 is spiritual warfare, and they had just defeated kings that were mightier than they were, and Joshua ten twenty four says this, and when they brought those kings out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel, come here, men, let's come here. And he says to the chief of the men of war who had gone with him, come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. Then they came near and put their feet on their necks. This is what's being talked about in Revelation 10. And Joshua said to them, do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And remember, when they were coming into the land, there weren't metaphorical giants. There were large, mighty, strong half-breeds, according to Numbers 13, 32, and 33, referring to the descendants of the Nephilim from Genesis 6-4, and that's another lesson. But these were big guys. These were these were enemies that looked like they were inconquerable, and Joshua, whose name means Jesus also, Yeshua is the name of Jesus. Come here, put your feet on their necks because you're going to have sovereignty. You're gonna conquer these kings. So how does this apply to the book of Revelation? Well, I peaked in just a few chapters Revelation 13, you see the beast, the Antichrist, come from where? Out of the sea. And then you see a beast come out of the earth, the false prophet. How can you believe that God is sovereign and in control of the powers of hell that are going to be unleashed on earth? Well, it says, before you even get to the bad guys coming out, you have to have the vision of Christ. And that's essentially what the book of Revelation is about. It's not about the Antichrist, and it's not about the false prophet. It's about Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And how can you come to believe that God is sovereign in control of even the Antichrist and the false prophet when they appear on earth? Well, I read it to you in verse six, that you believe he's the creator of heaven of and earth, the heavens, the sea, the land, and everything in it. Folks, this is not theistic evolution, which is a convoluted half and half theory, half God, half atheistic evolution. That's not gonna hold. He not only created general principles and wound up the clock, he created everything in it. And if you have that basic belief, and that is the basic belief, Genesis chapter one tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. And we're reminded of that because it's absolutely necessary in apocalyptic times to have the vision of the one who can put his feet on the land, his other foot on the sea, and he's exerting control and sovereignty over a world that looks like it's out of control. And this is where you need faith. And I I would caution that most Catholics today, and especially younger Catholics, are woefully unprepared to have the necessary faith that God is in control when the Antichrist persecution begins. It's going to look too big. Because well-intended spiritual teachers have shrunk God, made him user-friendly to the theory of evolution of Charles Darwin and called it theistic evolution. That's not going to cut it when we come to this time. God needs to be powerful enough and wise enough in the belief of the heart of the Catholic to create the entire universe, and if he can do that, his feet touch the land and the sea and exhibits sovereignty over everything, even the beast and the false prophet. You've been listening to Luke 21, episode 92. I'm your host, Steve Wood. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.